Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and it is December 22nd, 2021. Oh, my gosh, how did it get so late in the year? And unfortunately, PK is still recovering from her fractured vertebrae. very painful, unfortunately, but she is now at a fabulous rehabilitation center where they are treating her like a queen so she's getting her five-star meals and her physical therapy and she should be home in a couple of weeks so happy 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 to have her back when she's feeling up to it so tonight though we've got a fascinating guest and a great topic shannon irisari is here with us tonight we're going to be talking about kundalini and lots of other things all the topics we love here on supernatural girls and i i just can't wait to hear what shannon has to say because this is a very important subject but we're going to just do a few little announcements here i wanted to mention again be sure to check into attorney quintillian's book are you getting screwed on your property taxes how to find out and how to fix it this is the month to start looking at your property record cards and figuring out if, in fact, they are accurate. Because that's what you're being taxed on is exactly what appears in your property and on your property record card. If there's a mistake there and you don't catch that mistake and have it corrected, you're going to be paying more taxes than you should. And guess what? If you don't make it right within this 30-day period, then you're stuck with it forever. So this is a very important topic. A lot of property owners don't know much about how their property taxes are calculated. But the thing is this, you've got to learn so you can figure it out. Otherwise, you can be like my friend Margie, who ended up paying $5,000 extra taxes she did not owe for a barn that the assessors claimed was on her property, but the barn never existed on her property. And that's just one horror story I could tell you about what happens when you don't check your property record card. Now, a lot of people have their property taxes just rolled into their mortgage, and they don't ever even look at it. That's a mistake. And I can tell you, having done research with Attorney Quintilian for the last 12 years, there are a lot of mistakes that are made. So don't leave that money in your town's pocket. Make sure that it is really and truly what you owe and not a penny more. So, again, are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. It's on Amazon. And also a great, great treatise that was written 
way, way, way back when, hundreds of years ago, in Old German, and it is called Opus Mego Kabbalisticum. It is a fabulous, very old book full of information about astrology, theosophy, and again, this is translated, as I've mentioned before, by the, the chair of the German department at Smith College. And Old German is nothing like New German, so he really had to be quite a genius to figure all of this out. That book is also available, so it makes a wonderful gift. It's on Amazon. So be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We've got some great UFO stories, as usual, and many other stories coming about. It just seems like there's so many UFO stories. I'm trying to pick the best ones for you guys, the best videos but my goodness, so much going on. And also, if you missed my interview with Marjorie Higdon, Carl Higdon's wife, the Wyoming hunter who was abducted in the 1970s, go back and listen to that one. It is a truly incredible story with a lot of physical proof, and it's one of a kind. So that one is worth another listen. So tonight, here's what we're talking about. Kundalini the mystical energy that is said to rise up the spine and empower our entire being. So how do you activate this force, and is it for everybody? We're going to find out because Shannon is here to tell us all about Kundalini. She is a certified yoga teacher and professional clairvoyant who has written extensively in the wellness field. She teaches meditation and leads workshops on transforming the physical and emotional self through living a yogic lifestyle. She is also a certified Reiki practitioner and has done astrology readings, dream interpretations, and tarot for celebrities and television. Shannon, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Patricia. I am thrilled. I know we're going to have a lot of fun. (laughs) Definitely. We always have fun on this show. And especially with this topic. Now, this is a pretty serious topic, but you are an expert at this. You know what we need to hear. So first of all, how did you get involved with the paranormal and Kundalini? How did that happen for you? You know, it was, I didn't feel like things were right I was working in corporate America, and my energy was so heavy, I could barely get out of bed. And the only place I felt good was in yoga class. And I just was doing the exercise, but something felt good. And so I just kept going more frequently. And then finally, you know, I'd heard about energy, but I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> I asked the teacher after class, I said, I want to learn about energy I didn't even know what I was asking and he goes oh well I have a a mystery school you come to my mystery school and he was a kundalini yoga teacher and oh my goodness I it changed everything really wow so this was a big moment when you made that jump and started to study with him yes and I'll tell you, my reality shifted. Um, Not only did I feel like levels of happiness I had never felt before, my intuition kicked in. I was reading Barbara Hanclaw's book at the same time, which, you know, is awesome, the Pleiadian agenda. 
Yeah. And all of a sudden I was able to to perceive other realms where other spirit beings are and then I could manifest. That's one of the greatest things about Kundalini. <laughs> Awesome. That is, because you know how people struggle with that. Right. And we know people don't know that you can co-create your life, and, and they're struggling financially. They're struggling to find jobs, partners. Um, it's real-world stuff that Kundalini helps with, and that's what I'm most excited for you know, the modern reader to understand. It's not about going and meditating in a cave. It's about living your best life. Well, we're all in favor of that. And Kundalini, though, has a mixed reputation. We've heard from a lot of guests on the show about it. and But yet you've had very positive experiences. And I know you've heard some of the negative ones, but your your book is all about guiding people to have a pleasant experience that's really under their control, Right. Absolutely. And the thing about that I stress is to work with an experienced practitioner because it's a lot to learn. You're going to have experiences you've never had before, but you want to go slow. So you don't want to take your body from zero to 60 in four seconds like a race car. You want to, mm-hmm. you want to consistently, yeah. slowly start to change your body chemistry and your energy. And that's what an experienced teacher will do with you and will explain to you, but not everyone can get to a class. So this book is going to give such a strong foundation of knowledge of energy mechanics that you'll know the steps to take, which is the safest way to go. So it's a nice way of spreading happiness uh, when people understand this energy. And tell us a little bit more about the mechanics of it. How does it work? In the most simple way I can, I'm going to explain it in seven very simple steps. So first, our physical body needs to be cleansed of toxins, right? So that means our digestion is moving, all the, <laughs> all the things we eat in the holidays are out, and we're clean inside, literally. And that starts to optimize our physical health. And then we charge up the body. You know, we conduct electricity as humans. So we use the breath to bring in life force energy, and we literally charge up our energy field. So we cleanse, we charge, and then we practice calming the mind, which is, you know, very loud. Um, Yeah, very. (laughs) Consistently get the mind to quiet down. And then after we are, you know, cleansed, we're breathing, we're calming the mind, we learn how to move the energy through our body. And this is really interesting. So our spinal cord in the center of our spine, it has memory, and that's where our muscle memory is stored. So every time you practice um, what are called locks, energy upwards, by activating certain muscles, every time you Mm -hmm. practice that, the body will start to do it naturally. So by the time you're in your, you know, 700 yoga class, 
you're already raising your energy without even thinking of it because you've done it so many times. Your spinal cord has that memory, and you're a master meditator. (laughs) So that is number five. You have to repeat and repeat and repeat to get this experience on a regular basis. It's not like you're just taking a (laughs) ecstasy pill, right? (laughs) Right, right. Well, a lazy person like me, that begins to sound like some work. So (laughs) you're talking about doing something repetitively. But there must be then some positive feedback that you get when you do this. Otherwise, people wouldn't be motivated to continue, right? So each and every time you do this, you start to feel something that's pleasant, I would hope. Yes? Oh, my gosh. Like, I literally can't even put it into words. You can't wait to go. You know, when you're in Pilates class, my friend texted me today, and she goes, I literally hated every moment of my Pilates class today. I said, yeah, I I can't stand it. With Kundalini Yoga, you walk in, and the energy is already strong, and what happens is it creates a group energy field. The teacher's energy field is massive because they've been practicing for probably 40 years. So mm-hmm. it lifts your energy right away with other experienced practitioners in the room. And then everybody's breathing together and raising their energy. And by the time you leave, you're literally buzzing. And you feel like you're walking on air. It is unbelievable how good you feel. You'll never have to, you know, drag yourself to practice. It's like no other exercise I've ever done before. Well, that's encouraging. Now, here's the challenge is all of this COVID stuff and people not either being allowed to meet in groups or just not feeling safe enough to meet to do this. Can you do this? like at home with a practitioner that you're watching on video or not? So, yes, you absolutely can. Um, There are two resources that I highly recommend the most. Um, Rama-TV streams different, very experienced teachers um, to like over 130 countries. It's in English. Um, and they stream daily, and you can access, you know, previous classes, and it's a really, really low monthly, you know, fee, way, way lower than being in a yoga studio. And then um, tejtv.yoga, it's T-E-J, that is the teacher that was Russell Brand's teacher. She's right in West Hollywood and has about, oh, man, when I used to go 100 people in her class every day, he loved her classes, and she, um, she's so experienced and she's so loving that just listening to her talk is inspiring. Um, she's mm-hmm. very empowering, wants people to be successful. And uh, so she started during COVID, she started her online streaming, and all of these experienced teachers are not going to brush things under the rug. They're going to tell you how to do things safely. And they're going to say, listen to your body. If you run out of energy, just take a break. (laughs) Mm Because everybody's at different places, you know? Yes. 
That's very true. So the first one was Rama TV. The second one was Paige. What's her name? T-E-J. T-E-J. Mm-hmm. I'm TV just making a note because I know people are going to ask me. <laughs> dot yoga. Okay, T-E-J TV dot yoga. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. You know, I met this girl who was up in Canada and extremely depressed, actually suicidal. And she okay. found Rama TV and mm-hmm. it pulled her out of depression and she was just absolutely changed from then on out. And she she got her life back. You know, I knew another guy, I've shared a bunch of stories in the book, another guy that he was, you know, selling drugs in college and he went to jail and then he found, luckily, he found Kundalini Yoga right when he got out, and he's been teaching it ever since because he's so happy. <laughs> That's a great story. I mean, what a wonderful transformation for him. That's wonderful. So in my understanding of Kundalini, I'm not sure if it's right or not, but the energy moves up the spine and awakens the centers as it goes. And then it hits what, the third eye center where people have been known to uh, have incredible psychic experiences, et cetera, and then the crown chakra. So is are there experiences that people traditionally have as this energy moves up the spine? Are they identifiable as a group, or is it very individualized? Some of the most common ones would be, first of all, um, when your third eye starts to open, when your eyes are closed, you see flashing lights, like a, just a white flash. And mm-hmm. that's very common when it first starts to open. You'll also, feel, you'll also feel more sensitive to your environment. So taking breaks will become more necessary. You'll start to feel other people's emotions more so taking Mm -hmm. you know time away from people who are going through a lot becomes necessary because you start to feel everything your sensory system becomes more intelligent and some of the funny things that people will experience which are not painful is um, heat at the base of the spine (laughs) funny enough when it first happened to me it wasn't painful at all, but I thought I had wet my pants in the middle of yoga class, and I moved over <laughs> oh, and no. looked down. And, oh, it's Kundalini! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow! And of course, it wasn't painful, but it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the and other things I experienced was you know energy coming out of the hands or feet, which it makes you feel like an anime cartoon, you know, when they're like shooting energy you're like wow this is this is incredible there's this much energy in my body and it's it's just the coolest sensation it doesn't hurt um and those just happen once in a while and you're you might have your electronics kind of flicker because it'll interact with the you know the electricity in your house right yeah because you're becoming more the body electric in all of this practice so it sounds like they're identifiable characteristics as people go through the experiences and so your teachers 
these two that you mentioned and then your own teacher obviously have had years of experience with this, so they can guide people through. And then if they see somebody kind of getting ahead of themselves and maybe running into some trouble, they can, oops, looks like we lost our guest. Oh, no. Well, she'll be calling back in in a minute. And anyways, the name of the book is Kundalini Energy, Activate Your Power for Enlightenment. And our guest's name is Shannon Irisari. And she'll be back with us in a minute or two. Apparently, this happens on Blog Talk. And what were we just talking about? We were just talking about electrical energy in the body interfering and sometimes interacting with electrical energy in your house. And I think that is just what happened. So. Let's get Shannon back. You're back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> we were Sorry, just, I just saying to the audience, we just were talking, you were talking about that interaction that can occur between your kundalini energy and your electronics, and then all of a sudden you were gone. <laughs> so it's a perfect example. <laughs> Literally, that's a perfect example. So I had energy shoot out of my feet in meditation one time, and my laptop was right in front of my feet, and I realized it too late. I moved it out of the way. My laptop never turned on again. Oh, shoot. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? It's good you talk about this. we got to be careful. Some of these laptops are darn expensive. So, yeah, you got to be careful you're not aiming something that you want to be able to use later on. Absolutely. Well, oh, my God, that's, that's really something. It is. It is. You'll see, like, uh, you know, your DVD will skip or something. But the the really cool thing is, is because you're you have so much energy, you magnetize things to you. Positive people, energy healers, really high vibration people, experiences, opportunities. They just show up. It's incredible. And then you're able to also send healing energy to people that have, you know, have a real need. And that is an amazing two things that, you know, people don't necessarily know about Kundalini unless you're in class all the time. No, and that's, I'm glad you brought this up about healing energy because I was wondering, do people who have either disabilities or, you know, chronic illnesses or something like that, do they benefit from this? Is this something they can also do? I and mean, sometimes people have limited flexibility physically, and a yoga class would be very challenging for them. But can they benefit from this? Personally, having experienced uh, limitations, uh, there's many ways to modify um, the practice, and there's different things that are accessible, different modalities. So a big part of kundalini yoga is the sound. And that includes laying down and letting a gong massage your energy field and remove, you know, discordant energy, which is pretty easy for anyone, even with disability or chronic pain. It's like getting a Mm -hmm. massage with no touch. Uh, So that's one way that, Kundalini yoga can help, you know, someone emotionally feel better who's dealing with chronic pain. And then mm-hmm. there's listening to mantras, which <laughs> I remember my teacher said one time, he said, 
if you can't get up out of bed and you can't do anything else, just hit play and it'll start to shift your energy. So you can just listen to mantras and it's going to start to harmonize your energy field because it's a wavelength that interacts with the energy field of your body and it starts to change your own frequency. And I personally went through an experience where I had surgery. I couldn't move my stomach muscles. So I just played those oh. mantras and I, I healed so quickly. It was amazing. And I've had spinal impediments for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't been able to twist to do most of the Kundalini movements. But what I learned in the practice for 10 years was that state of union that you're, you're aiming towards, that all the movements and the meditation and the breath work is aiming towards. And the goal is to stay in that place all day. And it's just a connection uh, that you just trust everything is working together. You feel it and you feel positive. So, you know, the movements and the, and the breathing and the more physical stuff, you don't have to have it. And that's the really cool thing. I didn't think mantras would be nearly as effective as sweating, but they are. Mm-hmm. They totally are. And I've experienced that. I doubted it, but, <laughs> you know, I had a chronic pain for quite a few years in my back. And just being able to be in the energy field of, you know, a teacher would help move stuck energy in my energy field and I'd have I'd have a good cry because it would move it up and out. It's there's so many ways you can still access Kundalini yoga. Like let's say you can't lift uh lift your arm because you have frozen shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. You right. can sit in a chair. You can sit in a chair and do slow breathing with everyone and and do the mantra, and do the movement that you can. You're still getting blood flow and circulation. But there's a lot of other things that yogis have found as energy mechanics that you can do throughout the day to keep the energy optimized, such as certain cleansing techniques, certain diets, and then cold water therapy, and certain ways to regulate your dreams, which can change your energy. There's a lot to it that people don't see. It's like a a whole bunch of techniques. That's wonderful. So people have a lot of choices as to what to use, which is very good. People need choices. And so it does help people with disabilities or uh, physical challenges, chronic pain, chronic illness. A lot of people don't know where else to turn because they've exhausted traditional medicine, which is known for not being able to do much of anything for anybody with a chronic illness. However, um, this seems to offer kind of a nice uh, nice way back into some form of exercise, even if it's limited. And it sounds like there's a lot of different breast techniques that are taught also. So those things they can learn to do. Right. And most people you know, that are dealing with stress and emotions related to, you know, pain, which can be really heavy, they can use breath work and learn and understand how to, you know, bring their energy up, calm their energy down, clear negative emotions. Just one minute of breathing 
with your mouth open and really going for it will make you feel way more energized and way more positive. It's hard to get energy if you can't really move, right? But having suddenly having oxygen in your blood and your brain, you have mental clarity, you feel optimistic, and that difference, you know, you can't really get that (laughs) very easily if you're sedentary. So it's great to use at the office if you're getting that afternoon slump. And if you're dealing with, you know, difficult people that try your patience, you do this breathing technique and you feel more patient. You feel like loving them instead of avoiding them. Right. (laughs) There's many, many (laughs) applications for day-to-day life. You know, if we're having been personally living with disability for quite a few years, it is literally my best friend because I can manage my energy. I can use the meditation techniques. Like think about somebody that's disabled. They can't do what a lot of other people are able to do, like go hiking or maybe go to the movies or, you know, um, cook a dinner, real simple things like they miss out a lot. And so yes. having a deeper a deeper sense and experience of your spiritual identity, like your actual soul, can get you through that change and that that um, dissonance that you're experiencing, especially if you lived differently and you have to change your lifestyle. And for me, it mm-hmm. became such a strong foundation in my mind and in in my core identity of, hey, I know that I'm a soul. I know and I've experienced that connection. So, you know, if I lose a couple of things here and there, as long as I'm loving and helping people, I can still be happy, you know, because I have that right. more deep mm-hmm. sense of of okayness. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it brings things back into balance, which is important. And as you mentioned, even if you can't do back bends and, you know, down downward facing dog or you just that's not the <laughs> issue. It's not the problem. It's like there's other ways to do this practice, which is wonderful because there's a lot of people out there in chronic pain, a lot of people out there with chronic illness. And this may be a, a whole new door that opens for them to to feel better and and to live a fruitful life. So I'm glad that you're on the show tonight talking about this. So many people today as we all know, are under tremendous stress, stress and worry. Um, and this this could be a really great answer. So even if people can't participate in, uh, in the yoga, Kundalini yoga class in person, as you mentioned, there are these options online. So you can check out all of them and see which one works best for you guys. So, I mean, I'm all in favor of this whole practice because... It does release pain on every level, which is incredible. Now, but let me ask you this, Shannon, because I've also heard of uh, masters of this type of energy, and they pass it on to their students through touching their forehead or something. What do you what do you make of that? Is that real? And is that helpful so, to people or not? I, I did read a book about... Um, Kriya Yoga lineage, there's many different lineages that trace back a long, long ways. And 
certain lineages use either a mantra or the touch to what you would call initiate a practitioner. But what that is, is first a transfer of energy, but second an intention tool. So if you say, okay, at this moment, I'm connecting to my spiritual purpose and my spiritual identity, and that's like a graduation, right? I'm, I'm moving on from my worldly materialistic struggle to be of service to humanity and help other people relieve pain and stress. So, you know, I haven't been touched on my forehead because I have practiced in a different lineage. And Mm -hmm. so I can't exactly say what that experience is. However, I have a really cool story. Um, So I was reading a Kriya (laughs) yoga book. (laughs) I was reading a Kriya yoga book. I found at Barnes and Noble and I'm like, Ooh, this is interesting. This is not like a, you know, handstand yoga class. This is talking about planets and your, your intuition and all this stuff. And so they said, now, if you want to be initiated into this lineage of, you know, teachers that their energy field is still alive to, to work with, you know, even if they've passed out of their physical body, uh, at night before you go to bed, set the intention um, that you will be connected to this lineage of teachers and energy. And so I mm-hmm. did, and the most intense ovarian cyst rupture I've ever had. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. What happened? Oh, my goodness. But I had another, uh, I've had different experiences, and this is very common in people who practice this type of energy moving. Mm-hmm. Your Your energy changes so fast that anything in your life that is toxic that is um, keeping you unhappy, your vibration low, it's just going to be eliminated. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a a job that's very toxic, whether it's a living situation that's toxic, things change. And that's the magic of this because as you practice in the inside of your body starts to become vibrant and full of life force energy, there's this law of the universe that, you know, as within, so without, your reality shifts with it. And it's one, they say it's one of those things you just have to experience to really understand. <laughs> but it's quick. And yeah. It, it can happen within a couple of times of practicing. Well, you're describing it very, very well. And so I'm sure we can all imagine what that would be like. Because so, sometimes it's hard to let go of comfortable situations, even if they're toxic. I mean, it's hard to think comfortable and toxic in the same sentence, but you get used to certain <laughs> things. So it's it's interesting how this energy experience could transform all of that quickly. And it makes sense because you did also say earlier in the show that Kundalini energy will attract much better things as you advance in the practice. So it's, it's, I mean, it sounds wonderful as long as it stays safe. Now, we've all heard the stories of when it's not safe. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, the stories that I have heard of, most of the people are not in a kundalini yoga class if they have a spontaneous 
um, awakening. It's very uncommon for people to have that. Usually Mm -hmm. it's just slow, slow, slow over time. You never have an extreme negative experience. So we're talking about a really small percentage of people, which it definitely could be triggered by some type of drug. You know, they go to a festival, somebody hands them something they don't really know what's laced with, and boom, they're out of their body, they're shaking, they're, you know, they're half in one dimension, half in another dimension. And I've seen people that have had a bad experience with some type of drug that, you know, was just casually probably taken for recreation and it wasn't done in a, in a sacred space with a, you know, somebody guiding it probably. And uh, they probably had a spontaneous awakening and it's not, it's like taking your body from zero to 60 too fast. And that can, can basically make your nerves shot for a while. So you have to ground your Mm -hmm. body, eat grounding foods like root vegetables and potatoes and have people hold and massage your feet um, if that does happen. But in a yoga class, if somebody has too much much oxygen, (laughs) they just need to lay down. (laughs) Right. You know, sometimes they're like, oh, this oxygen is great. And they go a little bit further when the teacher says exhale, and they're like, oh, I'm just going to hold it a little longer. And, you know, <laughs> if they feel too lightheaded, they just need to lay down. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. And it's interesting, too, like a lot of people could have a spontaneous awakening and not know what happened. They may, you know, block it out because they're like, okay, that's in the um, I don't know file. <laughs> Or they may yeah. learn what it is down the road. Well, as I mentioned when we were talking off the air before the show started, there was a guest on our show who talked about a spontaneous Kundalini experience. She didn't know what was happening, that it was Kundalini at the time, but her blood felt like it was on fire. And she said it lasted for, what, 24 to 36 hours. It, and it was horribly painful. And she really didn't know what set it off. Something did. Now, what could set off an experience like that? Do you know? Well, the answer is no, but I have a vague idea. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. (laughs) Okay, so from the experiences that I've seen in my friends who are teachers and who were students to begin with, um, when you're in a situation and you're not seeing that you have to change in order for your soul to progress, the universe Mm -hmm. will send you stronger and stronger and stronger signs to say, get out of there, wake up to your, wake up to your soul because the universe is Mm -hmm. constantly conspiring to help you. It's like when you push too hard and you get sick, your body's like, excuse me, slow down and take care of me. So the soul does this when we're so, so, um, so, so unable to hear the spiritual side of ourself, a lot of times it will give us something so strong that we have to start to look at that part of ourselves because that's where our whole life can heal and our whole sense of self can start to feel valid. So I bet from that moment on, 
it gradually started or instantly started to move her in a direction that was spiritual um, to uh-huh. try to figure out things in her life in a different way. Don't know, but I'm guessing you're right. Uh, that makes some sense, anyways, as to why to have why anybody would have such a dramatic experience like that. So yeah, and there's other other experiences I've heard about that were not pleasant, where they felt like this energy was big and strong, and they didn't know what to do with it. So it did not. It was not an organized step by step experience. It was scary. To them, and I'm sure you've heard of those too. Yeah, and, these are and not luckily, obviously, people in class, but yeah, I've never seen it happen from a practice. I've seen people come into the studio trying to figure out why something happened to them, and then the Kundalini yoga was able to ground the energy for them. Um, and I don't think people should be afraid of their energy activating spontaneously once again this is like being struck by lightning twice you know it's so Mm -hmm. rare and i've met so many people practicing kundalini that they started on day one they made a baby step day two they made a baby step and they started to understand and change their bodies slowly and you know day one we're just going to do a little movement no big deal day two we're going to do a little breathing No big deal. And then as you build strength, as you start to understand more, the energy grows and it's and it's gradual. And that's what I am explaining in the book so that they understand, hey, what is energy? What is happening in my body and what can I expect here? You know, is it gonna be some drastic drastic painful thing? No. No, that's that's not what Kundalini Yoga offers. It's the safest, fastest route <laughs> to feeling mm-hmm. bliss. And that's, yeah. you know, um, what I really want to stress to people. It's the most powerful, safest route. Now, what happens if and when somebody in class is doing the practice and the energy starts moving up the spine and it hits a barrier? One of the chakras is closed down or distorted or whatever. Then what? What do you all do to help that process move forward? Well, a lot of times it's subtle. So if somebody if somebody feels energy, say, in their sacral chakra, right in the stomach, it doesn't mean they're going to have pain. They might just feel the energy concentrated there. And so people may associate a block with something negative, but it's really just like, traffic moving on a road okay this is where the this is where the cars are moving right now so it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily going to be a bad experience but people that are sensitive to energy are able to you know sense where the energy is and offer hey why don't you do some yoga poses that you know will activate these other chakras and pull some of the energy up or are you using the locks to move the energy you know, some people mm-hmm. just kind of be thinking about posting on Instagram instead of really paying attention to the instructions. <laughs> but that's where, you know, the friends can say, all right, let's 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 talk about how you're practicing, or you can talk to a teacher through, you know, video chat or email. This um, resource, the 
called International Kundalini Yoga Teachers Association. It offers Mm -hmm. uh, a complete guide of all the teachers worldwide, so you can find the one closest to you. You can contact teachers, even if they're not in your area, and ask them questions. They're the friendliest people. And, you know, if you're if you say, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this, I'm, I'm getting headaches or I feel nauseous, I talk about those things in my book. But you can also reach out to any of these teachers and they'll be more than happy to point you in the right direction. Um, and the other thing is, is once you start to learn about your chakras, you'll know what you can do to move the energy. Um, you might not do it right there in class, uh, but, you know, oh, I can go home and do plow pose or I can go home and <laughs> and do some chest openers to start opening my heart chakra. So you start to be able to have these tools to manage your own energy, which is very empowering. And very, very empowering. Now, you mentioned mantras. So where I have this question from somebody in the audience where would you get that? Is this a tape? Uh, not a tape. Is it a, a digital file you can download, or what is that? Where do you get this? So luckily, there are many free places to get them. Just like there's free Kundalini Yoga on YouTube, um, I included quite a few of them in my book that I love um, with the pronunciation and everything. And I also included the uh, artist that have great recordings of them that I love to listen to because their voice isn't irritating. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And they're free on YouTube. You can download them on iTunes or you can get them on Spotify or on YouTube. And I put the names of the artists in there, the names of the um, recordings in there. And if they, you know, if they search Kundalini Yoga Mantras, there's so many on a lot of the resources can be found on 3ho.org, and they have it divided into um, the different, you know, exercises, mantras, thing, things like that. But the great thing about the technology age is all this information is readily available. It's just you need somebody to point you in that direction. Well, I'm very surprised to hear how much support is available for kundalini practitioners. This is really exciting. So I think it's great. It's great that there is such a large um, group of people practicing and also willing to help each other uh, in in this whole this whole path. Now, how how about Reiki and kundalini? How do those two things fit together? Because you are also they, a Reiki practitioner, together. right? Yeah, they fit together so, so well. You know, having an understanding of the chakra system helps with either receiving or giving Reiki. And receiving Reiki helps with your yoga practice. So they go, they're so complementary. And the, the neat thing is, is if you receive Reiki from a Kundalini yogi, it's going to be a lot stronger. <laughs> oh, like gosh, if you, yes. <laughs> if you think about how much energy they're conducting versus somebody who whose digestion is really slow, their energy is cloudy, so to speak, they're not mm-hmm. able to pass as much energy through their system. 
And right. so it you know, you want somebody really healthy to give you to give you Reiki. Yes. Yes, that's very true. You do. Now you also mentioned there's things you can do with dreams and activating oh, and working yeah. with Kundalini. So oh we've got to get into this because I am a dream analyst myself, so I'm so fascinated by this. Tell us more. Awesome. So I also, you know, have done dream analysis and the clairvoyant side of things. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Kundalini Yoga has a completely different take on the dream state and how it affects our energy field. So they're looking at keeping your energy up all day, all night. And dreams are our subconscious basically unguarded right? So the thoughts are happening, Mm -hmm. but there's no guard there. And for a lot of us, those thoughts run towards, it's like our mind does a Google search for every negative experience we've ever had and then puts a play on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) What happens is you wake up and your body already has the stress, cortisol and adrenaline, and you already feel negative. Your energy field has negative emotions and you're going to react to your day in a negative way, and it has nothing to do with your day yet. <laughs> so yeah. this subconscious uh, garbage can, so to speak, needs to be cleansed on a daily basis because it's you wake up and all that energy is sitting there in your energy field just waiting to attract more <laughs> negative energy. So the breath work first thing in the morning clears it out. It just clears it so you're back to neutral. You're back to zero again. And the other technique, which is really neat, is to play quiet mantras at night. And it basically acts as a guard to your subconscious. Because remember, it's a frequency. So there's a frequency of negativity, the lower frequency. Mantras are designed in a higher frequency. These are, you know created in a state of super consciousness so the sound frequency resonates that state of mind you know when you hear a song that's like really angry and it conjures mm-hmm. this sense of angst um that's a, a frequency because the music is made in that state of mind so when you're dreaming and you have this harmonious sound wave it directs the mind in a different way and you can stop having nightmares and you can wake up feeling energized and clear headed. It is so nice. <laughs> it's, it's so, so much so better. Nice. I've yeah. worked with so many people who say, well, I just dreamt about my day all over again. It's like, well, isn't that boring? So first thing you have to do is clear that energy. So you're not dreaming about your day again. You know, put it right. in a box somewhere, close the lid. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's really important, especially now, because there's so much stress and tension out there in the world, and, you know, there are, are people in charge that want us to stay in fear and divided. So there's a whole campaign that's in full swing right now, and and we have to be conscious about how what choices we make and how we choose to perceive energy and use energy so that... When we go to sleep at night, my gosh, the last thing we want to do is drag all that with us into our dream state. 
So, yeah, these exercises you're suggesting that are in your book, right, those two are, are very helpful. Oh, yeah, there's breath work, there's movements, there's mantras, there's, um, you know, explanation of the dream state and how to improve it. And what's really interesting is the way that it increases your bandwidth um, mentally, the clarity it brings, the positivity it brings, and the love for humanity that it brings, it creates a neutral mind. So the whole you know, step of, okay, I'm going to the negative mind, to the positive mind, and now I'm going to the neutral mind, which allows mm-hmm. you creative, uh, creatively to actually see ways to bring people together from different sides of the fence and to not mm-hmm. be angry, right? Because so many people are processing so much anger right now because of this polarization we're dealing with. And the yogi the yogi energy mechanic, the whole thing is to get you to perceive. You don't have to, you know, force it. You don't have to think about it. Suddenly it puts you in this consciousness of neutrality where you can see solutions, where other people are just banging their head up against a wall. They're angry. They're seeing more ways that we're different from each other. And with this book, I thought for a year on how to approach it because there's discord in everything right now, including the Kundalini yoga community. Everything in the world broke apart at once because astrologically that's where we were. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to create a book from the neutral mind that wasn't Mm -hmm. one side or the other to bring people to this reminder of our common spiritual humanity and and leave everything else, you know, because we, we um, like attracts like. So if we continue to harbor on the negative, we'll find more of it. But if we can elevate our energy, we'll start to see positive ways to help people feel better just naturally. And we need that right now. We absolutely need that right now. Oh, we do. We do. We need to stop being so divisive with each other and uh, and find that neutral place. I think that's a great suggestion in general, just to find that neutral place right now. It also so, helps people uh, like let go of fear. It, it's, it's, it's a big a one. Blaster. Mm-hmm. Now, how often do you do your practice? Is it daily? So for me, I have I have so many passions. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I love tarot. I love clairvoyant meditation. I love connecting with spirit guides. I love astrology. <laughs> well, you're one of us. So, <laughs> so depending on what I need, I'm grabbing from my toolbox. And okay. Yeah, and so sometimes it's like I really, really need to manifest, and I choose this very, very powerful manifesting Kriya. Um, Kriya just means exercise, and mm-hmm. I use it until I manifest exactly what I need. It's it's incredible. Or if I'm trying to you know, focus on my finances and I'm like, all right, I need to raise a certain amount of money so I can write this book, you know, then I mm-hmm. am – 
doing this other um, wealth abundance kriya every day just to do that. So it's like an as-needed thing because you have all Mm -hmm. these different, thousands of different exercises for very specific purposes, which makes it really exciting. (laughs) It does. It does. And so you're not a slave to any any particular practice. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Mm-hmm. It makes it more interesting, more exciting. So it's great. And then you get to choose which one and when. So there's a lot of freedom in that. Instead you know, of fear, you're developing more and more freedom. Yeah, and some people want to do three hours a day, and then some people want to do three minutes a day because they find <laughs> something that works. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hilarious, but this one guy wanted to quit smoking. He did the three-minute addiction meditation every day, and that's all he needed. That's all he wanted, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, hey, if it's not broke, don't uh, don't fix it. He found a way that worked, so that's terrific. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this practice of kundalini is, what, thousands of years old? Does anybody know where it started? So the... Origins trace back to what is called Raj Yoga, which means royal yoga, and mm-hmm. Laya Yoga. And these are the as far back as they can find, um, you know, the teachings. It's at the beginning of all of it. And at that mm-hmm. time, what the focus was, was to expand the mind to super consciousness and find samadhi, which is this state of oneness. You could call it nirvana. You can call it sublime. You can call it, you know, whatever different spiritual systems call it. They're all using these same rituals to raise kundalini. We see it in their artwork. We um, see they're using some type of sound, some type of movement, some type of repetition, some type of diet, and all of it is leading them towards this this desired state of enlightenment, which is so cool because if you if you really read this book and I touch on all these different spiritual systems and I'm like, you guys, they're all getting at the same experience of enlightenment. Kundalini right. is throughout history and cultures. It's not just yogis that have been working on this energy experience, which is really neat, you know, because we're all searching for this same sense of expanded identity. Yes, and understanding. There's just so much to understand that we don't yet understand. So one of the things that I've heard over and over again from people who've studied with shamans is when they have a I guess what you'd call kundalini experience from their perspective, there's often this buzzing that happens when that energy hits the third eye. Have you heard about that or have you had that happen? There's a loud buzzing noise. As a sound? Yeah. I've heard high-pitched noises. Um, I don't think I've heard a buzzing, to be quite honest. I'd have Mm -hmm. to really think about it because it's been... I've been doing this for so long, <laughs> and <laughs> it might be, <laughs> so if you think about, um, this is how I think about shamanism, and I absolutely love it, each plant they work with, or each part of nature they work with, is a is a teacher and a, um, 
a consciousness. So mm-hmm. because it's a different um, frequency than, and it's a different consciousness than what kundalini yoga is working with, it's probably going to give the body a different response. And, mm-hmm. you know, people mention the same types of sensory experiences with similar plants, which means that that plant has the same vibration when people meet it. So the way that it's working in the body is very similar for people. So it would, it would make sense as if a shaman is taught similar, you know, similar techniques that those people are experiencing their body chemistry change differently than kundalini yogis. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Yeah, it's, I've I've heard about it many times. Actually, it was also referenced in Carlos Castaneda's book when he was studying with the shaman, Don Juan. Um, it, it was just this incredible buzzing, and sometimes a sharp noise would, would come right after it, almost like, okay, now you're going to be separated from your body, boom. So, yeah, I mean, there are some interesting kundalini type of experiences with shamanism, but it always seems to culminate with this buzzing in in the, in the head. Now, another one I've heard of, which is about the UF in the UFO field, there was a woman I met many years ago who had an abduction experience, and she had this this incredible vibration in her head. And again, third eye is what I'm thinking. All of a sudden, her nose, the bones in her nose, just shattered from this incredibly strong vibration. Now, obviously, she wasn't doing a practice. Um, This was just something that happened that she described as rather painful and rather surprising. She wasn't attempting to do any awakening, but this came on the heels of her experience, and it was a very strong vibration in her head that seemed seemed to cause the breaking of her, her nose. But it was a buzzing noise. Again, there we go with the buzzing. So, mm-hmm. if you're if you're standing next to a very high frequency radio radio tower or cell phone tower, you hear a buzzing, and mm-hmm. you know these are frequencies we can't see with the naked eye, but they're so powerful when they get stronger that you hear this buzzing. And the woman's nose shattering doesn't surprise me um, because sometimes when energy is so strong, if something gets in the way and it's resonating in a cavity, you know, the nose is a cavity there, just like a guitar is a cavity, it's going to amplify it. Uh, So unfortunately, her nose got in the way of this energy path. But what's also interesting, I'm sure that you talk to many UFO researchers um, and people who have encountered other life forms about this, is that they exist in another frequency. And once we start to change our uh, our sensory system, we can start to perceive and communicate. So if if they're trying to, you know, bring their frequency to our frequency and it's not mixing quite well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, I'm the type That's I'm a good like, point. Yeah, yeah. So I had a friend, um she had a spontaneous awakening and her energy was just kind of really strong. So she got angry one time standing in line. You know what was in the way? This counter with a light, a light bulb that ran underneath it. 
the thing just shattered because her anger built up so quickly that it just went right directly at the light bulb and shattered it. That's what sound does too. You know, it shatters glass if it's high pitched. Mm -hmm. Right. It does. Yes. So, yeah. And it's all frequency and certainly anger is a pretty strong, can be a very strong energy and it's, it can find its grounding just like lightning does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what yeah. it sounds like happened with your friend. Yeah. But again, it's all of this, I, I'm so encouraged to know so many people are practicing kundalini yoga, and they are a strong community helping each other. Now, you mentioned there's even division in that community, so we don't want to get distracted by that, but we certainly want to find the harmony <laughs> that will support us in our own practice of kundalini yoga. Um, a typical class is what, two hours or an hour? How long does a class go for? It can go an hour or two hours. Um, and, you know, if you have a lunchtime half-hour session, that can be great too. But it really depends on what the teacher likes to do because, as long as the teacher is really excited about teaching, the students are going to get a ton more out of it. And mm-hmm. people can tell when a teacher is so excited to share something because it changed their life and it feels like magic and it's amazing. And so, you know, staying for two hours, you don't even notice it because <laughs> you guys are, yeah. you know, you're in this energy field, this group energy field, and you want more of that energy. Um, and it, it has the same structure every time. So you start to get this. Um, it basically cues your brain to, okay, now I'm meditating. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm fully present. And this is my time to expand my consciousness. And so they mm-hmm. they keep a structure that um, teachers try to follow. It's, there's There's wiggle room for sure. It's not like you have to do this. But what's nice about it is, you know, they start the class and end the class with the same sound current, the same mantra. So your brain mm-hmm. goes, okay, now from this point on, I'm not thinking about anything else in my life. I can relax. And then when you end it, you're like, okay, now I can go about my day. And your brain starts to get into that so that you can go deeper into meditation and not be distracted. So that structure to the class is is smart in that, you know, it allows people to relax and at the end we'll do right. we'll do a big gong session which you know my family cracks up about because they're like what is a gong bath I'm like it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they say that the the way of the future for healing is sound and light so I'm sure we're going to be hearing more about that in years to come now I just want to, again, mention the name of your book, which is Kundalini Energy, Activate Your Power for Enlightenment. Now, you have another book that's coming out, you said, in is it March of next year, on spirit guides? So I have this Kundalini Energy available for pre-order, and it releases March 8th, and the Connect and Work with Spirit Guides comes out August 8th, which, oh, August 8th. you know, is... Okay. If you've already read my first three books, it will be a great launching point to then experience and connect with the spirit world. Because understanding your energy and how to um, 
meditate and being practiced in keeping your vibration high, that is the whole premise of connecting to spirit guides. So when you went in search of your spirit guides, what did you find and how did you find it? So when I first started, I still didn't have the most healthy lifestyle. I was taking a clairvoyant training program and luckily had a great teacher. <laughs> and she walked us through like the chakra meditations and the slow breathing so that we could calm our brain waves. And I was surprised what showed up. It was like these spirit guides that cracked me up. They were hilarious. <laughs> and they just gave me... It gave me the ability to just, like, laugh and play, and apparently that's what I needed at that time to find new ways to have fun that weren't unhealthy, you know, after college. Mm-hmm. And then as my uh, understanding in, you know, wellness became stronger, I started to meet different vibration spirit guides that could help me on different levels to, you know, evolve to new ways of helping people because, when you start to feel better, you just want to turn around and give it to somebody else. And at first, that might be a green juice or a green smoothie because you feel good. And then as as you continue to meet spirit guides, you want to help people more on a soul, spiritual level, you know, with clairvoyance and things like that. And so you really have to do your own work. And spirit guides help you do that. They give you a new perspective because it's not in your own consciousness. And they're very evolved uh, energetic beings. Now, do they change over time? So maybe you start out with three and then they interchange, somebody else comes in because your needs change, or are they always the same? Right. They change. They change. And it's great because sometimes one will show up and you're like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, I must be dealing with something that you usually help me with. <laughs> And you might not see them for like a couple years. And then the Mm -hmm. same three that used to show up together come back. And it's like, you know, reunion, awesome. You've forgotten about it. You know, you've gone on with your life. And when you meet a new spirit guide, it's it's like you're opening up to a whole other way of seeing things that you've never been able to do before. So the whole process is, you know, it's like making friends at a new school and everybody's nice. <laughs> wow, no mean girls or boys. That's good. Nope. So um, when you, I'm going to put in quotes, see your spirit guides, what do you see? Do you see them as energy? Do you see them as personalities, people that have passed? What do you see? So they show up however your consciousness is going to perceive it best the intelligence of the quantum fields will show you what you need to see at that moment to bring you into the frequency that you can connect with that guide so for instance if your subconscious feels really connected to jesus christ your spirit guide may show up for a while looking like jesus christ because it opens your heart and it keeps you in a loving mm-hmm. state, and then you can communicate. But it may you may get so used to seeing that in your third eye that 
it just becomes stale and you're not evolving. And then it'll shock you by showing you something so radiant and so beautiful, whether it's a landscape or a color or a blob of vibrant energy to get your attention so that you're really, really interested in what this is and how it feels when you sense it. And what's Mm -hmm. neat is the same being may always show up very, very similar. And then sometimes it'll change so much because it wants to teach you about energy that it will show you all the different forms it can show up as, whether it's a feeling, a color, an image, a little, I had one time it changed into a little squeaky ball. It was hilarious. (laughs) Yes, they sound like comedians, uh, your spirit guides, definitely. (laughs) It's a blast. It's so much fun. You know, it's not this like heavy, deep work with spirit guides. It's like they're happy, evolved spiritual beings, and they're just going to lift our energy to get rid of those heavy feelings, you know? So it is mm-hmm. it is something to just, like, open our hearts and, and lift our energy and nothing nothing but that, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. So that's really good information that they can change out through the years, and as you change, they can also change uh, in their own ways and give us different kinds of advice and guidance. So and right. you're, they change. It's not like you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's just you need something else. Now, have any of your spirit guides, do you feel they've ever, like, saved your life, you know, kept you uh, out of harm's way, anything dramatic like that? One of the experiences I shared in my book um, actually kept my good friend out of, it saved his life. So I was hiking in Los Angeles and I don't know if it was a spirit guide or, you know, where it came from, but my heart started pounding so much that I had to stop. Instantly, this person's image came into my mind, and and I knew that I'm seeing this for a reason. And I emailed, actually, my kundalini teacher, and I said, will you please pray for this person because I have this sense. And I don't know exactly who sent me that sense, but it was so powerful that it stopped my body. And she said, absolutely, I'll pray for him. And I want you to do this Kriya, which is to clear ancestral karma. So I went home. I did this moving, breathing mantra thing for 30 minutes. And you'll read this in my book. That night, those clowns that were wearing masks and, like, terrorizing Southern California with knives and stuff they actually attacked him so they attacked him and went for his lung which would have been lethal and his arm went up and caught the knife and he did go to the hospital but he didn't die they didn't puncture his lung yeah it gives you shivers right (laughs) yeah i mean it's all these things that came together to keep him safe I mean, your teacher right. praying for him, but then asking you to do this this Kriya and all of that energy really did help him survive that enc- horrible encounter. Yeah. Right. Oh, my. It, it was, you can't really deny things. And and with my kundalini energy and intuition, it opens so you can connect to guides. 
there's so many experiences that you end up having and that you talk to people about. You're like, okay, there's no question this stuff is real. <laughs> it's so oh, yeah. Yeah, and so many people, again, can describe similar experiences. So there's quite mm-hmm. a big reference point there for a lot of things to do with Kundalini. Um, yeah, it's a very powerful energy, obviously. Now, is it something that maybe some people should just stay away from? Is there such a thing as people who aren't good candidates for this type of practice? Sure. And the best advice I can give is if you don't feel good about it, don't do it. For instance, I don't feel like I should ever do um, LSD because I know I won't come back. My mind is going to be like, this is awesome. I'm going there, and I like it there. (laughs) And I just intuitively, I'm like, that's not going to be healing for me, but I know it's healing for other people sometimes. And then if somebody feels like they don't resonate with kundalini uh, yoga practice, that that may Mm -hmm. change in the future. But if they never feel intuitively drawn to it, it's not what's going to help them in this this lifetime. And it doesn't mean they're any more or less evolved. It just means that their soul came here to learn something in a different way. So I, I always say, like, go towards the teachers you're drawn towards. Go towards the practice you're, you're drawn towards when you're drawn towards them. There's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, absolutely. Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, is this something that would help or hinder people who have been diagnosed with mental illness? So with, it depends on the severity, to be perfectly honest. So depending on, because it can affect your nervous system and your brain chemistry and all of those things, there are certain practices that I wouldn't recommend because it's too much energy for the brain. Um, mm-hmm. So for certain certain uh, people, I would say listen to mantras. It will be very calming, very soothing. If their energy is already amped up, you want to ground their energy, right, with calming, slow breathing. And a right. teacher would know, okay, this person doesn't need to do fast, powerful breathing. They need to ground their energy. So they shouldn't you know, necessarily go and just practice willy-nilly anything, but they can be helped by it. And, you know, there's plenty of people that are practicing kundalini yoga with, you know, nowadays most people are dealing with something. (laughs) And there are specific meditations and kriyas for different things, um, you know, for different uh, mental health things and for things like Alzheimer's. It's actually, they're doing scientific studies to prove that some of these things can help with Alzheimer's and, um, you know, the effect on the brain depends on the person. So it's like picking from the toolbox because there are thousands of meditations and exercises. You'd want to go to an expert doctor, just like you'd want to go to an expert yogi (laughs) to say, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. What's going to help? Yeah, it would be good to know. Now, there's so many people now with Alzheimer's. What kinds of of things are recommended? Do they, so they have a, like a mantra you can listen to that might improve this? Yeah, so this one, let me just look it up in the book here. Um, it's really simple, actually. You're just sitting in a meditative position, 
and it's you're listening to a meditation or a mantra, and then you're just touching the tips of the fingers together one at a time. So it's this okay. um, connecting of the energies in the brain, and they've literally studied doing it 30 minutes a day, changes the brain neural pathways and improves the symptoms of Alzheimer's, which is so great. And I'm trying to remember the name of it off the top of my head. That is great because there's very little that helps Alzheimer patients. So something like that, if it improves it at all, is really a tremendous thing. And, again, there's no side effects. It's something that's very non-invasive. But, yeah, and, I mean, listening to mantras, I... about it. Yeah, and it's relaxing, it's powerful. I remember years ago I went to the Maharishi Ayurveda Medical Center in Lancaster, uh, Massachusetts, which unfortunately closed. It was a gorgeous place. Uh, Deepak Chopra actually used to be the director there years ago. And it attracted some very interesting people. Yeah, before he went out west and had this big fight with the the head guy. Um, so anyways, yeah, so I got to meet him and be at the center a couple of different, several different times. And there were tapes at the time you could purchase to listen to these mantras and other things. It wasn't just a mantra, but it was like a... I don't know how what you would call it, but it it was a paragraph maybe of of words, Sanskrit words, or you know words that came together, and it was all for healing purposes. Yeah, of course I did not understand the language, but there was something about it. It was so powerful, and yeah, with sound like that, and these were ancient sounds. Obviously, these mantras are also ancient sounds, aren't they? The ones you're talking about. Yeah, they actually are, and the reason why they're not usually translated into English is because it's like hitting a D on a piano. It's a certain frequency that resonates at a certain place in your body. So if you're listening to really low music and it's resonating in the belly, that's activating your lower chakras. But if you're listening to notes that resonate higher up in the head and specific chakras, those notes would change if you changed the word. So the actual meaning of it doesn't really matter. It's more so where it's resonating in the body, which is activating that specific energy point. And you can feel sometimes your heart relax, like the muscles in your chest relax when you're listening Mm -hmm. to something that's right at that like mid-range frequency. And so the yogis designed these mantras and a specific, you know, om is always at the same note, you know. Wherever you hear it in the world, it's usually the same note, and it puts you in this state of connection. Um, And so the mantras themselves are designed just like this is really cool. So the names uh, in Sanskrit of yoga poses that you do in a regular Mm -hmm. yoga class, the name themselves resonates with the part of the body that it's energetically working on. Like Bhujangasana uh-huh. resonates your sternum and it stretches your sternum. I mean, this is like energy mechanics. It's so cool. It <laughs> really is. You think of yourself like a guitar. <laughs> 
Well, and again, what I like so much about listening to mantras, because I'm so lazy, that it, it's easy. I mean, I can just turn it on and listen to it, and this this kind of um, resonance happens automatically. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like your that. mind is more clear, creative. You're thinking differently depending on the mantra you choose. And there's very specific mantras for very specific outcomes. And you don't have to um, recite it yourself. You can. (laughs) You can listen to it on low or high volume. And it it just helps harmonize in a very specific way. And I don't think people realize how specific those sound currents are in guiding your subconscious. If you listen to one of these mantras that, like for a very specific reason, it'll say it'll make you aware of your soul purpose and give you the means to live it. That's a very specific thing. You listen to it for 40 days, it changes the neural patterns in your brain, and you're on a different path. And it's Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, there is a power to that sound. Right, right. And what I really stress, too, is you can be a part of any religion. You can be atheist. You don't have to change your belief system to experience energy in the body and to understand the different systems of the body, whether it's your digestive, your um, nervous, your lymphatic, your, uh, you know, energy field. This is nuts and bolts. And, you know, they're just the mechanics. You can get any kind of car you want and call it whatever you want, you know, slap a different brand on the car, Chevy, Ford, whatever. But at the end of the day, the engines run on pistons and sparks and whatever. I don't know how they work, but (laughs) that's the body. And once you understand that, experience is beyond what you call any system or religion. And we can all, you know, see there's, okay, there's bridges between us, even if our belief system doesn't match the experience or doesn't get us all the way there. And that's what I love is that, you know, with the the experience of Kundalini, you're able to see beyond the limitations of what the mind conceives of, which is, it's just so, it brings peace, you know, between people that are on opposite sides of political spectrums or something of that nature. Yes. I mean, I think this is a key point that you're making right now. Because when I was a therapist years ago, I mean, trying to get people to change their beliefs or helping people to see how a belief was causing their pain, good luck with that. It is not Mm -hmm. that easy to do, especially if it's something they learned before the age of seven. So this aspect of treatment with sound is is really, really important, really important. the daily clearing with sound, just keeping it playing whenever you can, just keeps clearing those old subconscious patterns. So you can just be present without all those patterns running and then guide the mind where you'd like it to go instead of it guiding you. That's brilliant. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Shannon, I'm so happy you were able to join us tonight, join me and our audience. This is fantastic information. I love it. It's great. Well, you know, with all the experience you have, you're able to pull out some of the most interesting facets 
of this practice. And it just makes me so inspired to have this conversation, honestly. Well, I'm thrilled that you took the time to come and and join all of us tonight. This has been fascinating and so helpful, and I just wish that everybody could run out and read the book today. But I know it's not out for a few more months. But again, the name of this book is Kundalini Energy, so make a note of it, everybody. So you can pre-order it now, or you can buy it in March. On March 8th, it's going to drop and you can have your very own copy. Kundalini Energy, Activate Your Power for Enlightenment. And the author is our fabulous guest tonight, Shannon Yirizari. Did I pronounce that right? Yep. Good job. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, Shannon. And I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Enjoy whatever you have planned up ahead over the next few days. We're going to be back next week again with another terrific show about your twin flame. So that's a whole other topic. We're going to get into that next week. Also, a big shout-out to Hugh. Thank you, Hugh, for arranging an interview between Hercules Invictus, his show, and it was a great opportunity for me to be on his show. Thank you, Hugh. That was a lot of fun. And that was a couple of weeks ago. You can all listen to that show if you'd like. I listed it on our Facebook page. But until then, everybody, I will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls.